guys, it's Melissa. And I'm Jill. And we are Paramormal Podcast. We are two moms here to talk all things paranormal. We will provide full body chill episodes of our favorite cases that you will never forget. So be sure to tune in each week to hear new captivating cases based on facts, research, and of course, encounters. Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Paramormal Activity. My name is Melissa. And my name's Jill. And thank you again for joining us on this ride of all these terrifying stories. This haunted house um, is really terrifying. It actually also includes a lot of true crime. I know on Instagram we asked you guys if you guys would be interested in... I'm hearing some cases that do have a true crime aspect to them. Again, our Instagram is Paramormal Activity Podcast. Um, Feel free to leave us messages, comments, what you guys would like to see, because it definitely helps us on picking these really scary cases, because there's a ton. And thank God we have a ton, because we have a lot of of episodes to to record, which is always a great thing. But... um, this episode is definitely like it's more disturbing. <laughs> oh, it's very disturbing. Listen, yeah. if you guys if you guys are like really disturbed by this, you could blame Jill because <laughs> the one time I have Jill pick out a You could blame Google, honestly. I was looking up some really like interesting, cool cases and of course and this one popped up. She sends me a synopsis. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool here yeah. and then I'm like researching, I'm like, What the heck? I know. I'm like, I, this is eerie, man. I felt sick to my stomach looking at Yeah, up we actually it took us actually a few times to record this episode because um I was watching start when my daughter was napping, I was um watching the Ghost Adventures episode on this and like I just felt so sick. We we're supposed to record a couple of days ago. I felt like so sick and I actually I threw up. Yeah. This, I remember you told me that. The spirit I think is very, very evil and just oh god, it was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. That's probably one of the more scariest episodes I did see of Ghost Adventures, which I'm like, I don't remember seeing it, so I'm glad that I, like, rewatched it, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting, guys, and I'm excited to dive in, but before we do dive in, let's um, start with Jill's spooky story. Yes, we have a good story here. Again, I found a really cool one on Reddit. Thank about, you, Reddit. Um, yes, thank you, Reddit, about uh, children experiencing the paranormal, so here we go. Says, when I was a teenager, I used to babysit my cousin Alyssa. She was little, maybe almost two, maybe a little older, old enough to say sentences. So our daughters aren't that old yet, but let's see. (laughs) Now, I'm giving her a bath before bed when she looks out into the hallway and gets a terrified look on her face and starts crying. At this moment, my aunt's Pomeranian starts going nuts as well, barking and growling into the hallway. No, right away. Dogs usually can sense things. Yep, unfortunately so. Yep. Then she says, the atmosphere in the room became uncomfortable, and I started getting scared. I took her downstairs from the third floor in the townhouse to try and calm her down. I asked her what was wrong, and she said something along the lines of, the man with the black eyes was there. Mm. Yep, nope, right there I was like, When I continued to pry, she looked up at the second floor stairs, her eyes getting big, and looks at me bringing her finger up to her mouth and said, shh, while shaking her head, no. So that's how it ends there. But that just, I had the chills when I was reading that because I I think I would never go uh, babysit my cousin again. <laughs> no, no. I, I, Ugh, and right? It's like, in, it's uh, I can't, no words. I mean, if that ever yeah. was Charlotte, I don't know. That poor, the poor girl, though, like there. she's literally terrified. So this poor little girl is only 
two. She said maybe a little older, but she's clearly petrified of whatever is going on in that house. You know, the spirit. Yeah, and like also, it's just so hard for them to express exactly yeah. how they're feeling, what they're seeing, and like they might think this is normal. Mm-hmm. Like your kids, your your nieces, your nephews, your BFFs, kids, whoever it is. Yeah, they might have a BFF that's like, like legit, and you just think that they're like bullshitting. No, it's true. You never know. You never know. That's what I always say. But tonight's episode, we are discussing the Velisca Axe Murder House. Dun dun dun. Yeah, <laughs> I love how it's like the Axe Murder House. I like know. it's serious business. It's intense. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. So these murders, I hate this. I I'm like having the heebie-jeebies talking about this, but these um. Awful. Okay, my computer despairs out. Guys, give me one second. Okay, here we go. Okay, the murders take place in Villisca, Iowa on the night of June 9th to June, the morning of June 10th. That's what's assumed. Mm-hmm. In 1912, between 12 to 5 a.m. Okay, um, these mass murderers consisted of two adults, J.B., who was 43 years old at the time, and Sarah Moore, who was 39 at the time, so J.B. and Sarah Moore, and four, their four children, Ugh. and um, two other children that um, were having a sleepover due to Catherine, their daughter, who was 10. They also have Herman, who was 11, Boyd, who was 7, and Paul, who was 5. And then Catherine had her two friends, um, who were sisters, the, Still- the Stillinger sisters, Ina, age 8, and Le- Lena, age 12. I'm not... Trying to laugh, but it's like Ina and Lena, but I think it's <laughs> I think it's Ina and Lena, age twelve, and unfortunately they were all found brutally murdered in their beds, killed by an axe. That was the weapon of choice. That's I think a it's, lot to just yeah, uh, yeah take in just, just that right there. Like I, I just can't even imagine like you having like your kids sleep over a house and like they just never yeah. return. Like that's just oh my god! Like those poor poor parents. I can't even imagine. Oh, I can't. And the um, other family doesn't even know what hit them because no, the whole, you know what I mean. It's well, oh my god. Well, they don't know what hit. Them. Can't even digest them. all um, that. No, definitely. And this is 1912, guys. So keep in mind, mm-hmm. this was very serious. Not that this wouldn't be serious nowadays, but they didn't have nearly the technology to do the research on finding these people. Well, the murder were murders than they would today. And also, 1912, this happened right around the time of the Titanic. So that was yeah. big in the news. This kind of, actually, believe it or not, this case is just so big that it kind of pushed that to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of like, oh, my God. Like, everyone in the world, in the country was just, like, baffled by this, obviously, of course. But it's important to know that um, JB was one of Aliska's most prominent businessmen at the time of his death. So I think that alone can bring you some enemies. Oh, definitely. You know. Yeah, but you have a lot of people envious of you right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so the story goes like this. June 9th. My computer keeps spazzing out. See, that freaks me out. I'm telling you guys, there is something with this case. I apologize, so just bear with me. But June 9th, there was a Children's Day program at the Presbyterian Church, which um, began at 8 p.m., the Moors were very involved in that, and so were the Stillingers. They were very religious, and Sarah Moore actually was the one that coordinated the exercises. All the children were there, and JB was seen witnessing this taking place in the audience. So that lasted from about 8 to 9.30 p.m., and then it was believed that the Moors were home 
about 9.45, so everything's, I guess, close together. Yeah, I guess rough estimates of what, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then um, the Stillinger sisters were, of course, with them. And then this is, like, what, find, what I find very interesting. Like, it's always good, I think, to have, like, that nosy neighbor. Oh, definitely, because, well, we'll get into that, but the neighbor definitely helps uh, put oh, pieces yeah. of the puzzle together. Oh, yeah. So, um, Moore's, the Moore's neighbor, Mary Peckham, uh, stepped outside at roughly 5 a.m. to hang her laundry. And then by 7 a.m., she realized that none of the Moores have stepped outside to start their chores and that the house seemed unpleasantly still. That's an airy feeling. That's also, mm-hmm. I feel like, very nosy. Like, mm-hmm. mind your business. Exactly. But in this case... I was just going to say, in this time period, too, it's probably common that they were, the kids were all outside doing their early morning chores. That's... And, man, you know. I curse out Char when she gets me up at <laughs> 7 a.m. And these people are out there doing chores. Oh, my God. Oh anyway, my God. so she, you know, she's nosy. We'll call her Nosy Mary. She knocks. She knocks on the door. Bang, bang, bang. No answer. So she, I guess she tried getting into the house because Nosy Mary just couldn't stand it anymore and uh, was locked from the inside. Um, she then decides to let out the Moore's chickens and calls JB's brother, who is Ross Moore, which um, I guess she's like, yo, your family's not up. Or check on him, yep. um, which then leads to one of the most mismanaged murder forget, murder investigations to take place. This, this is bizarre, guys. There was no, there was no um, murder ever captured. Or I know that's where it's held the- responsible. This investigation was literally all over the place. People, you know, now we nowadays we know, you know, you see something, you know, you see a murder scene. Or you? Oh yeah, they can test are suspicious. DNA, all this stuff. Oh yeah, when you see a murder scene where you're suspicious something's up, you call the cops, and oh, nothing yeah, gets you know exactly messed up. But Big Ross arrives and he lets himself in, and he advises Mary to call the sheriff. Okay. Mm-hmm. He um, Ugh. yeah he, unfortunately, he finds the bodies of the of the Stillinger sisters, Ina and Lena. Um, those are the first ones that he finds. I can't even imagine just, uh, I can't no. even imagine being in Ross's shoes witnessing that. Yeah, I, I and then, go on. Yeah, and later on they found evidence where they think that Lena was, um, I hate to say this, but was sexually molested as well. Ugh. Yeah, and um, so after he finds them, I guess that's when the city marshal, Hank Horton, arrives and he finds the rest of the Moore family in the upstairs bedrooms. So that's pretty much how mm-hmm. the murders were you know, discover that's pretty much, that's pretty much what's known mm-hmm. to the public. What's known today about what happened. Um, there's more interesting facts than we're going to get about to dive into, but that's basically the premises of the story. There's just, you know, Ugh. not much more to know about that, which just leaves me very eerie. It's kind of like, so these people were just killed randomly. I know, but there are a bunch of interesting facts about this um, murder case. There were, Cigarette butts found in the attic. So, I mean, they, they don't disclose if any of the Moore family smoke cigarettes. I mean, I'm assuming that they're saying that there's just cigarette butts found there that um that no one in the family does exactly smoke, you know, because that's something Because that's, if they did, then I feel like that wouldn't be as... And, like, today I feel like you would be able to test the cigarettes, like, oh, for yeah. DNA and everything. Oh, definitely. And this is also what's really, really disturbing, guys. And this is definitely paranormal related. And I'll get into this after I say the fact. But every window was covered um, with curtains besides two. And the two windows that were not covered, I guess, by the moors, 
they were covered by um, the clothes of the Moors. So you could see that whoever was here that that witnessed this or whoever killed the Moors and the Stillinger sisters, they could not look at themselves in the mirror. Like, why couldn't they look at themselves? Like, Mm -hmm. could they not face the fact that they were such a horrible person? Also, in the paranormal, mirrors are known to be like a gateway to Mm -hmm. the other side where like a portal for for spirits. So that always really creeps me out. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. So that's a big, it's a big red flag. And also, um, this is also disturbing too, but every victim's face was covered with bedclothes over their heads. Like they were, I guess the clothes that they were sleeping with, they Mm -hmm. over their heads. Like you couldn't like, Look to see what you did. I don't know. That's just really disturbing, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Oh, it definitely um, is. And then this fact over here is that JB's axe was found bloody, but attempted to be wiped off at the foot of the Moors' girls' bed. So I guess where the children of the Moors, mm-hmm. the girls of the Moors slept, that's where the axe was found, and like it was attempted to be wiped off. So going back, you know, I mean, nowadays we would have been able to forensically decipher that but like that, oh yeah they didn't have that I mean, I mean it looks like they put this person booked it they mm-hmm. did a half-assed job of covering up and it shows no it's true but, but again, unfortunately like we said, can't yeah we can't bring anyone yeah, to justice nowadays for fingerprints back then it was all different you know yeah so yeah it's, it's like almost yeah and um the ceilings in the rooms of the parents and the more children had marks from the upswing of the axe like the, okay that's so disturbing i just Oh, I know. I hate how like this case really like paints such a vivid picture in your head. And I like don't want to picture it in my head because it's just awful. Way to go, Jill, for I... choosing this story. Oh, God gosh. damn it, Jill. Why didn't you turn it down? <laughs> I love the paranormal. I know, I know. And it has a severely haunted side to it as well. Mm-hmm. And then this is like what made me gag when I, went, when, when I researched this. But there was a pan of bloody water and uneaten food at the kitchen table. Ugh. Ugh, I know. Terrible. Yeah, so as we stated before, it was very, very big. It was a catastrophic, I can't speak to it. We're drinking coffee, guys. (laughs) Guys, we are drinking coffee today instead of having a glass of wine. That's the type of day that it is, so don't mind us. That's um, when you know. It's iced coffee, too. It's a little hot here today. 72 degrees, baby. Bring on the summer. (laughs) Bring it on. We're ready. (laughs) But um, it was such a catastrophic, oh, my God, why can't I say that word? (laughs) Catastrophic event um, that is obviously shook the small town up drastically. I mean, it was really, it was really, really scary for the town. Mm-hmm. Like, this was like a good old, you know, farming town. Everyone trusted each other. People left the locks unlocked of their homes. Yeah. But now they, everyone, you didn't leave the house unlocked. Um, you all, you also openly carry guns now. Yeah. And but this is what makes me. I mean, this is bad, but it makes me chuckle chuckle a little bit but like i'm not trying to make fun of them but they huddled together while sleeping which is mm, yeah makes me laugh a little bit but i get it you listen if this was me i mean this goes back to any like every time there's a big serial killer out there like in the 60s 70s like you you know if the yeah. killer was after brunettes every, you couldn't find a bottle of peroxide at, like in the city because yeah. everyone was going blonde like it's the same type of thing people were scared i get that i can't mock that no i mean but, i feel like people still if this happened now it's terrifying in general no matter when it happens you no know, i always say this i feel like it's difficult for this to happen like you're not going to have another amityville you're yeah. not i mean unless it is paranormal maybe but mm-hmm. 
you know, nowadays you can't get away with anything. Back then, you, you could get away with stuff. Now, like, you're not going to have a serial killer like the way that you would with Jeffrey Dahmer, I know Ted what you're Bundy. Saying. I mean, the way technology has advanced now, they can no, catch No, Ted, Ted Bundy was going between state to state, and yeah. by the time people caught, you know, the, the, he's a whole different. Yeah. We can get into him another time. That's off. That's off of our podcast. But, yeah. But, um, no, it's, this is really definitely, you know, oof, this case. This one, I think, scares me more than any other, like, mass mm-hmm. killing that I've read about in regard to this type of, you know, killing. It's terrifying, especially with an axe. I can't even... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, of course, you bring in newspaper reporters, private detectives, um, and even neighboring counties and states joined in to solve this case. Uh, unfortunately, it was not solved. Um, then there was hundreds of interviews with thousands of filled pages. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much got nowhere. They had one main suspect, though. His name was Reverend George Kelly. He was tried for the murders, but he was en- ended up being acquitted. So basically, Mr. Kelly, Mr. George Kelly, well, sorry, Father Kelly, was a traveling minister in the town of, and he was in town on the night of the deaths. Mm-hmm. So he was actually also at the event that the Moors and the Cylinder Sisters were at the night that they passed away. Um... And he inexplicably, inexplicably, oh my God, inexplicably left town at 5.30 a.m. the night of the murders. It's funny, too. I couldn't even type that word. <laughs> I know, You right? see that right there? I can't say it. We're spell it. But, um, you typed it as you said it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you guys, he left town at 5.30 a.m. He was in t- you know, town the night of the murders. Um, he, sh- he showed very... Very much a lot of interest in these mm-hmm. murders. He got in trouble for sending obscene material through the mail. I don't know what that means. And mm-hmm. it was actually fine. Coast Adventure Zach was trying to, like, figure that out. But, like, yeah. he, sent, he sent disturbing things through the mail. And basically, he got himself a short stay at the psychiatric hospital. Um, he was arrested for this in 1917. He confessed, he recanted, it's been acquitted. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why it was acquitted is that people just don't believe that he was mentally capable to f- to perform the murders. I don't know. He sounds like he's freaking mentally capable to perform them. He sounds very suspicious to me. I yeah, I don't think you need to be really that I mean, to lead that smart to or mentally sane to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like you, you wouldn't be mentally sane to commit this type of murder. I don't know. No, I, I totally agree with I you. I just don't think, you know, I think that, and also it's easy. I mean, also, he was, you know, he could have been hiding. Oh, he yeah. was, you know, he could have been hiding in the attic. Like, back back mm-hmm. then, no one had these alarm systems. You didn't have a freaking ring doorbell that went off. Oh, yeah, like, where you could you just know, see anyone exactly. at all times. Like, it's yeah. easy. Like, it's, who knows if he was, like, really in town longer, but just, you know, who knows? It's true. He was just camping out there. But someone was camping. The way that they're describing it with the cigarette butts, someone was camping out there. Someone, you know, want, was stalking them, wanted to know what was going on at all times so they can go ahead and kill Yeah, like these. someone was planning, yeah. casing out the place there. So, I don't know, but he definitely sounds suspicious to me. I wouldn't have written, uh, written him off that quickly, but. No, I, I definitely wouldn't have either, but they did. Yep. <laughs> and we can't do anything about it now, so. No. Nope. <laughs> well, they're all well gone. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, well, the family, not this Kelly guy. But um, 1994, we have Mr. and Mrs. Darwin Lynn of um, Corning, Iowa. They purchased a home and they mm-hmm. restored it to how it was when the murders took place. 
They had it listed on the National Registrar of Historic Places and opened it to the public for tours. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, so this is, you know, it's now known to be haunted, okay? So they have tours, and you can just go tour the place, yada, yada. But now they also have overnight ghost tours for $400. Which isn't it, bad at all. No, let us know, guys, if you would like us to explore, because me and Joe are like, family vacation, let's go to Iowa. <laughs> We'll leave the dads with the babies. I don't know what's scarier, that or this. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you can go stay there overnight for $400. Um, there is this paranormal investigator tour guide. I, I'm going to call him a tour guide because he didn't specify that he was a mm-hmm. paranormal investigator. But Johnny Hauser, who was on Ghost Adventures, um, spooked, really, really spooked out. I, really, I think it's episode, I know it's season four. I want to say it's episode 12. I think it's episode 12. We're episode 22. It's, it's, it has a two in it, guys. Figure it out. <laughs> no, but it's really, really good. Um, And he's like, he was spooked. He was spooked out severely. Like, a lot of, you know, moving, like, moving things, moving doors. Um, Just a creepy, eerie feeling like someone's watching you. Um, Yeah, and then there was this article that was published in, in October of 2020. Um, basically from the Daily Iowan that um, a group of journalists um, team. So you have a student journalist, project editor, a visuals director, a TV director, and a documentary director. They all stayed the night and um, they tested it out. And, you know, they, they wrote a whole article discussing all the paranormal events that, that occurred during that night. And it was very, very disturbing, you know, minor things. But to me, it's always disturbing. It's like oh, always, you know, they witness objects moving, chairs rocking. They've heard full conversations upstairs. And Johnny Hauser even gets into how he would hear, like he'd be the only one in the house and he'd hear full-on conversations, footsteps upstairs. Like, you know, he's been working at the house for quite some time. He's definitely someone that I would love to speak to. Mm-hmm. Definitely someone, you know. Um, he just, oh, I agree. This, this poor guy. I mean, I, I just, I can't, I can't, ugh. I don't but like why are you still there, dude? <laughs> yeah, no, I I no. agree with you. I no, mean, I like... guess I mean nothing's gonna happen to him, hopefully. But um, it's just yeah. And there's one thing that really creeps me out, guys, is that a lot of people that go there, and this is definitely related to our topic of children and the paranormal. But they um, they, they like to bring gifts. Mm. So yeah, like you see, world. like in the attic, and I'll put that up when oh um, that, that the, picture, uh, yeah. Oh, God. You guys will you guys will see I've seen by the time you hear this episode you will have seen with on our Instagram like little gifts of like balls and I don't know it just mm-hmm. and the rocking chair is like you know definitely has been witnessed to be moved moving a lot by itself I mean at the end of the day I think this is a lot like the Amityville horror like you know you have these brutal murders you know you're gonna you're gonna have some scary shit going on but what Ghost Adventures gets into is that. Mm-hmm. They believe that the murderer's ghost is there, and that it's very demonic. I'm not demonic. I'm sorry. Very evil. Very, you know, just pure, pure evil. Like a lot, you know, a lot of times it seems like a lot of these other hauntings that do occur that have been reported are more like residual, which is just more of like okay, like every night at five p.m. this is gonna happen. Like it's just they don't know you're there. Yeah. You don't, you know, you'll know they're there. Like the same thing happens every single time. That's like more of like a residual. Um, it's not like deliberate. It's not like attacking you. You know, um kind of like trapped energy there but so they a lot of people say that they see those residual hauntings but then they also feel the sinister 
ghost that's there that is, you know, the murderers, and he's he's still there. Yeah. Which is surprising to me because I'm like, why are you why are you still there? No, exactly. Well, what even creeped me out too was that one, the Stephen Larson, that one. Oh that, yes, yes, yes. That was uh, pretty eerie. He was that paranormal investigator that went there and he wound up stabbing himself. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. 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 That that was. I remember researching yeah, that. Yeah, he was and that doing was like just, an overnight oh. stay, and they said there was they couldn't like justify any reasoning for it. That it was like maybe around twelve forty five a.m. and he stabbed himself. And he like he was unconscious. I think for a while. Yeah, right? I it just was, it was serious stuff. And I know I read that the you know the family that's currently living there like they never had something like that violent happen to someone staying there. They always had someone maybe witness, like we said, the chairs rocking, conversations, but nothing to the point where it became physical violence. And that that really creeped me out because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, Yeah, it's, it's pretty serious. Him, you know, yeah, it's pretty that. serious when something gets physical with you. you Definitely, know? yeah. And um, poor, I mean, poor Steven, to go through that, that would yeah. just be... Oh. oh, yeah, it's terrible. And of course, they they kept it open and running and found the tours. I mean, that's that's a serious thing. I don't know if I would keep that up and running. I know after something like that happened, uh, I I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with that anymore because no. I I don't know. I'd almost feel like not that it's their fault, but I just feel like I wouldn't want to invite more people into the house if God forbid something like this happened again or something more serious happened. You oh know, yeah, I, definitely. I, I couldn't live with myself. Yeah, no. I mean, that's a serious thing to stab yourself. Oh yeah, definitely. Like that's oh. So he probably he probably pretty much fell something as soon as he stepped on that property. Oh, I'm sure he did. He must have. Oh my god, chill. I literally have chills. Yep, me and you both. Full body vi- uh, full body chills, guys. I can't speak. As I said seven hundred times tonight. <laughs> uh, at least you gotta, you know you gotta have some humor during these dark moments. Um, you do. And also something that's like really creeps me out is that the murder house official website states that um tours were stopped at one point early because of falling lamps children's voices flying objects and moving ladders children's voices always creep me out whether we're not there they do paranormal or not <laughs> anytime i've watched a horror movie whenever you hear like a little kid like you know like a hide and seek mommy or, yeah like come and play i was just gonna say let's come and play and i'm like no no no, no let's not come and play please we're here and i'm like no <laughs> Well, my, my thing is, like, these people know that there's occurrences happening, mm-hmm. and they don't care. They, they, the Lindsays, they want to make their dough. I know. I'm calling you out, Linz. You want to make your dough. This ain't, a self, this ain't a safe house. No, it's definitely not. Right after what happened to Steven, I feel like you should have just stopped it right there. <laughs> so, guys, should we go? <laughs> I mean, will we make it? I know on the website it says, will you be able to last the night? Now... <laughs> I mean, Melissa might. I'll probably be out. I said, I'll be clogged out a night away from my baby. <laughs> yeah, she'll be sleeping. I'll be sitting there freaking crying. I'll be the baby crying. No, man. We'll, we'll, we'll watch us. Like, we'll set up a camera, guys, and you'll just see us missing everything. We'll be, like, be snoring away. Drooling like, on ourselves. They'll drag us all over the place, and we'll still be <laughs> sleeping. But uh, so I don't know. We might we might visit. It's definitely an interesting house. It's definitely a tragic house, a tragic story. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know, guys, if you like this true crime aspect. Yeah. Of um, mixed with paranormal, true crime and paranormal, they do go hand in hand. They're both very interesting. I love both. No, I separate agree. I together. Too. I'll take both of them any time of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. 
So let us guys know what you guys think. Um, and also, ooh, I forgot. We have a Twitter. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Yes, everybody. So follow us at Paramomal P. They don't let us do Paramomal <laughs> Podcast. So it's Paramomal P. I'm very excited um, for this Twitter. We don't have many followers yet. We're hoping to Yeah, we, I mean, it's them. just created, brand new. So Yeah, so please give us a follow. Tweet us, at us. Let us know what you guys think about this episode. Would you guys want to stay the night here? Would you guys want to visit here? Do you guys like true crime? Do you have any stories? What's your favorite color? Which is okay. <laughs> What's your social security number? <laughs> Tweet us. We want to hear it all, especially mm-hmm. that social security number. <laughs> um, an update, guys. I know a lot of you have been asking me, and I even had my my husband's friend, um, and my friend too, that um listens. So thank you, Andy. Um <laughs> he wanted to buy his wife, Erica, Moldavite, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, guys. Listen, Moldavite, I think, really brought such good luck into my life at first. But this past week has been such an emotional roller coaster for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to keep it real here for you guys. And I do blame Moldavite. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I, 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 it's not for me. I, I put it to the side. I cleansed it. I still have it. I don't know how to destroy it or get rid of it. I don't know if you can. I'm going to look into that, you know, Maybe in a week or so, but it really has brought such emotions into my life that I don't know if I'm ready for. You know, maybe I'll go back to it because that's how I am. I get mad at things and I'm like, I need my space and then yeah. I'm good. But it really brought us luck, guys. Uh, we sold our house. We're moving at the end of the summer. I sold my house. Got a lot more than I could ever even imagine getting. Like, it's also the market, obviously. So that's, you know, to, mm-hmm. that's too give credit to but like it just is insane and at first I was having great luck and then with other aspects to that a little bit more personal in my life and then all of a sudden this started backfiring so I don't know I, I don't know if maybe that's just a roller coaster you gotta go in and out but I um I warned Andy I said uh don't know if you want to get it but he he wanted to so I gave him I found him a reputable seller and hopefully brings Erica a lot more luck than than I have with it, you know. Maybe going yeah. forward, I'll get more luck. But I don't know. Don't want to deal with the emotional roller coaster. No, I don't blame you. That you know, it's and you could feel like it was just like such a different force too. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was like insane. I don't know. But um, let me know, guys, though, too, if you guys have experience with Moldavite. Um, if you guys got rid of it, if you guys just quit it, if you guys wrote it out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should write it out. Yeah, you got to find out what's the best way. Maybe of, we just need a little bit break, and maybe you know we'll be best friends again. There you go. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to us. We have big things in the making. We have a huge interview coming up with no other than the wonderful Pie Negri, which we're so excited for. We're gonna still try to get that on video for you guys because yes, I think that would be awesome for you guys to to see us, see us making a fool of ourselves, see we'll see how we record. <laughs> We'll make sure to look extra nice that day, guys. Yeah, no sweats, <laughs> no mom buns, no smear mascara, no baby throw up. No, nope, no, we'll uh, we'll dress to impress for that. Let me tell you. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I need a two years in advance for that now. <laughs> but um, we're really excited for that for this um episode. It's to be awesome. It really, really is. We we're gonna dig deep with Patty and ask all the questions that we're mm-hmm. so excited to. You know, to to have answers to. Exactly. I could speculate. Joe can speculate. But, you know, yeah. we're not professionals here. So it's great to hear from a well-trusted professional. I agree. 
Well, anyway, guys, thanks for hanging with us. Thank you for dealing with our crazy asses. We yeah. can't wait to be back. We're recording a lot this week for you guys, so tomorrow we will be back in the studio, which you won't hear until the following week, but we're excited. We have so much coming for you guys. Thanks for joining joining us on this wild ride. We, of course, could not do it without you guys. Anyway, as we always say, stay safe mm-hmm. and have a great day, great night, great week, great month. We'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Bye.